Is there a galactic war happening right under our feet? As if the wars that we are seeing play out on the surface of the Earth weren't enough to rattle our cages. The rattling, or as Linda Moulton Howe describes as big booms, that have been steadily reported since 2011, may be indicating that humans are in an all-out battle with non-human forces underground. I spoke with Linda, along with crop circle expert and hypnotherapist Barbara Lamb, about the increasing anomalies that refuse to relent from our reality. What are they indicating? And when, if ever, will we find out what's really going on? Let's hear what Linda and Barbara had to say. Linda and Barbara, what a pleasure to have you here. And you know, I have to tell you, now, you know, we've had occasion to speak separately. This is the first time we've done this together, and I'm so excited that oh, finally two of the great. brightest minds on the planet right in front of me. You know, I love, the reason why I love doing Higher Journeys is because prior to every show I do, I say a little prayer, and as much as we plan, you know what they say, when people plan, God laughs. And of course I had a plan to talk about crop circles, but Linda, when you and I saw each other and you were just bursting with energy, and urgency and discussing yeah. the things that are happening right now, which are a lot. They are urgent, they're exciting, but they're reasons to pay attention. And I think I want to start rolling right into that. Yeah. I want to talk about the booms that you have reported so incredibly uh, on in the past. Apparently there's a resurgence of that. I've heard that a couple uh, of times, let's, by let's, the way. Yes. Yeah, let's start yeah. with that. What's, tell, tell the audience what's happening. It has a beginning, January of 2011. And what is so interesting being a Conscious Life Expo, David, uh, who is Wilcock, who is sort of into a very vivid relationship with maybe government types um, and is painting a landscape that sounds as if we are already in galactic warfare, hmm. that there is a secret uh, space uh, contingency that is already involved with non-humans and last night he and Corey Good who that story is that Corey Good has been to Mars half a dozen times that we have a base there now on the surface that might seem like a huge disconnect from the reality that we accept here on the planet Earth but Last night, for the first time, was one facet after another that as these two men talked for nearly three hours, I am now beginning to see things are being filled in through what they're saying that I've been exposed to for 30-some mm -hmm. years. And that if you take what they're saying, and when I asked David, the boons, yeah. do you all have any information without a beat? He said, Yes, this is one of the secret wars going on on Earth. And there is an alliance that is fighting an extraterrestrial presence. And the booms are part of this. And he said, without being prompted, and it began in 2011. Hmm. And if the governments of the United States, China, Russia, and the whole geopolitical surface Earth structure if they have that knowledge, mm. and it would explain why, for six years, these booms have been five county wide, 
One uh, particular incident when there was a huge boom in New York State at the the same exact moment in England, meaning seven or eight hours difference, but these are happening, this is in the late afternoon and this is in the evening, it happened at exactly the same time, Mm. made Reuters, BBC, all of the Northeastern papers, and when the government in the United in the United Kingdom tried to explain it away as sound barrier breakings by jets citizens came running forward saying no 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 this is when we heard the boom the jets didn't come over until uh-huh. this was Good. one of those examples that's happening more and more where people are not being so intimidated by what I would consider to be counterintelligence to explain away phenomena. When it comes to the booms, I'm getting maybe a hundred reports a month now. Well, and the other interesting thing is, a Navy uh, retired captain called me from Boca Raton, said, I've just had one of these strange experiences that I've heard you talk about on radio and reported Earth Files. And he said, uh, it was morning, Boca Raton. Mm. Uh, He's very familiar with artillery and bombs and various exercises from his Navy work. And he said, it was so focused that only one wall of my house shook. This has been part of the phenomenon. But this was what was important. He said, I can tell you, this was a compression wave from above. Now, why is that important? Because this has been the confusion in these booms right from the beginning. The mayor of Clintonville, Wisconsin, was on CNN, Fox, MSNBC, all over the place about three years ago when they had a series of loud booms in Clintonville, Wisconsin. People were calling police, the fire department, and she's the mayor. She goes with her city manager to the area of town where they got the most calls. While they are walking, there is a boom and she feels a slap that hurts the bottom of her feet. Oh, well. And she said, and she was on television talking about this and did an interview with me. She said, this boom had to be coming from below because it slapped the bottom of my feet Mm. and they had cracked sidewalks. Oh. So what is it that is happening that is coming from above and from below and causing physical changes. No USGS seismic records. No military activity, well, all over the place. Now, this is a worldwide phenomenon. And where they go to USGS in the United States or to another seismic office, they do not have seismic motion of the Earth where these booms are going Mm. up. Here's the third part. The sound, the boom is the one that is the most common and comes sometimes associated with a blinding flash of light that has now been recorded by security cameras half a dozen times. Mm -hmm. And the light, no weather, we've checked this over and over, clear, clear, dry (laughs) nights. And here, the entire frame in the security camera where there's one of these booms, you hear the boom on the video, it lights out. It's Mm. that bright, it lights Mm. out. Mm. Then it isn't just booms, it's a metallic. There's metallic scraping, and Mm. then there are the trumpets, what people around the world. Which you talked about before, of course, right. Why would there be such a strange mix all together if David 
Wilcox is right, that it has something to do with an underground war that is going on in this planet where military forces in the United States and others are trying to battle something that they say is an alien presence and threatens the mm. Earth and keep all of us on the surface in the dark. Absolutely. There's not a yeah. single reaction. There has not been one comment by Homeland Security in a six-year period where terrorism is supposed to be at the top of U.S. concern. Sure. This is amazing. Let me ask yeah. you this question, and Barbara, of course, I'd like to have you chime in, because I have a feeling there may be some correlation between that and crop circles. I think there, there may be some link here. Are we fine? So what you're saying, uh, Linda, is that essentially 2011 is when this was somewhat brought to your it attention. Began, it, it began. It's headlines. It never happened that before, you think. No. No. Would you say well, that there's... Well, it may have, but January 2011 is... There were headlines everywhere. Okay. Uh, but would you say that in the, what, five, six years since, five years since, that there's been a resurgence? Was there a lull? No. And then... So it's been pretty consistent, you Okay. Every January in the whole North American continent, that includes every province in Canada, every January since 2011, dozens, hundreds of these boom reports, metallic scraping reports, and trumpet reports. This and year, what's last the year, last year. frequency? Is it, is it daily? Is it weekly? Is it, you yeah, during January, it month. comes almost daily. Then okay. it'll fade off February, March. Then, like around April, May, there'll be another resurgence. And then it fades off. So they're in July, like Fort Knox. Fort Knox, Kentucky people have been reporting these lab booms, dogs dogs running under beds like the dogs are hearing something that at first the people can't hear the dogs run under beds whining mm. and then <coughs> there is this big loud shakes the floors rattles windows and in a few cases cement is cracked wow. so it's a percussion of some sort and it does it comes in cycles through the year and in places like Fort Knox, I think of it's always being in July. Hmm. Well, I've heard it at least twice in, in my town in Southern California, east of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not come in a series. Each time it's happened, it's been one loud tone, like the last one I heard oh, a few months ago. It seemed like it was across town, like maybe mm -hmm. felt like it was about two or three miles away, and it was just one tone. It sounded, it reminded me of the sound of a, a Mack truck as it's shifting gears. Mm -hmm. I've and heard that before. It also reminded me of a trombone, you know, playing one yeah. note. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and it's kind of a deep... Uh, resonant, I mean, even across town, it felt like it had a resonation to it, even though it was short and really quick. And so that's happened, I would say, and I can't tell you exactly when, just going about my life, happened two or three times with some space in between. Right. And, just and it's the never last a series yeah, of things, it's just one. Alhambra, San Diego. Oh, just okay. in the last three weeks. Oh. Multiple. Oh, where the mayor is another. Yeah. yeah. And so how far are you from Alhambra? Oh, um, 
I'd say a 20, 30 minute drive. So yeah. You are yeah. in, I thought I wondered, yeah. you yeah. are in that Alhambra area. Yeah. And that has been reported now off and on for at least two years because I interviewed the city manager about this a year or two ago. Oh, okay. And he was trying to get in touch with people at the state and the Fed level to try to explain because Alhambra, California has had so many uh, reports from cities. Really? Yeah. 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 So here's a question yeah. I want to ask. I'm really I'm, I'm looking at all the dimensions of this, and obviously we're talking about something that is fairly ubiquitous, has been sustained for a number of years. There's a theory about what may be occurring that's causing this, and yet we're talking about if, in fact, let's say there were some sort of a galactic underground battle taking place underground, what would explain the reverberations coming from above? I mean, what, how would we connect the dots there? It's really hard unless there's, I'm not saying this is it, but here is a physics. When the Earth has a shift in the magma core level, uh -huh. uh, they have, they've tracked this, scientists, that can be infrasound, which we cannot hear with our ears. Right. Mm -hmm. It goes through the magma, and when it comes out the Rhine, like about average 15 miles on the surface is what we live on. Mm -hmm. That infrasound can go right through the Rhine surface of the Earth mm. and go up to the ionosphere and bounce back. This is a phenomenon that has been recorded and studied. Right. And some scientists have proposed that maybe some of the air percussions are because something is going up to the ionosphere and bouncing back. Bouncing back. Okay. That's one so way. So literally, is a reverberation from what's emanating from underneath. It could be a same phenomena from underground that has infrasound that goes up to the ionosphere and comes back at the same time. That's or a is there any possibility that it could start up there and be sort of shot or what, however you would call it, you know, down to the earth or to whatever. It's yeah, under. I understand. Like, for instance, if there's a battle going on between different groups of and us, non humans, and us, yeah, <laughs> that maybe there's a group up there sending this down to that group underneath. I mean, if. So many possibilities. I don't know if it's a true. And we're caught in the middle. Well, have yeah. you ever, in all of your work with hybrids and inductees, have you come across them talking about uh, underground battle? Uh, booms, anything like that? No, I, I actually haven't. And have yeah. hybrids said anything about now and the rest of this year in terms of something dramatic happening? Well, the hybrids, uh, whom I know, ET human hybrids, are uh, very much trying to help raise the consciousness of humanity. They're, they're wanting to help that whole larger process of ascension. And they see kind of a quiet ground spell growing mm -hmm. where more and more people are rising in consciousness and are in that general large process of ascension. Uh, they've not talked about wars or battles between group, except for humans, you know, humans with humans, but they've not talked about um, other species, non-human, fighting amongst themselves. They may know about that, but, but they haven't talked about that. 
Their you, focus is very different. You come yeah. into this through the people who are either sometimes traumatized or they are exhilarated depending upon their experiences. Right. And yeah. I've had a choppier, more difficult relationship because of government and military. Yeah. But I remember very, very clearly I had done a strange harvest on mutilations. It's broadcast in 1980, and then uh, by the spring of 83, had signed that contract with HBO. Right. And mm -hmm. it was only about two or three years later, but my, I'm more on the radar. In other words, more people are knowing about me, and mm -hmm. I got approached through FedEx by a person who used two intermediaries to meet me in a part of the United States I was willing to go to. And the whole bottom line of an entire day of a secret meeting was, there is an Earth secret war, that's what he called it. He was Army, military, mm -hmm. second generation. And some of the details that he described to me about meetings, how they were carried out, what he did, what his work was, I later was able to get a lot of corroboration from other people working in government positions. And he told me uh, of this astonishing experience of being in a meeting with intel, counter-intel, and military, mm -hmm. and that the whole discussion had to do with various factions of an Earth secret war. And that when the meeting was over and everybody was leaving, and was in the Pentagon someplace, mm -hmm. that, uh, one of the generals asked one of the real scientists there, well, what do you think the chances are in this secret war? And the scientist answered, it's futile. Oh. Now that was in the early 80s. And there, if you talk with David Wilcock or others in terms of the material they get now, there has been a shift of some sort about who do we have as allies. Mm -hmm. And that, I've heard that. everybody now in, in this um, environment, they're talking about allies versus hostiles. It's like we've gone even past the word speculation and alleged. Mm. So maybe something is actually beginning to, I'm going to say, come out into the world right. we live in, right. and it's related to a war, and the booms are part of it, and the idea that this year, or by next at the latest, we are going to have an announcement that we are not alone. I think we're on the precipice, and this is a great segue point. I'm, my mind is swimming with different aspects that we can hone in on, but Let's do a little dot connecting here because you brought up something important, Linda. The fact that this is clearly a revelational period. The fact that more people are able to hear these things, sense these things, but actually hear them audibly. And what's crossing my mind is the Schumann resonance. We've heard much speculation about what is often referred to as the Earth's heartbeat, where it, uh, the understanding is that for the longest period of time, it maintained at approximately 7.8 hertz which interestingly is roughly the, the pace of our heartbeat. So we're meant to be in resonance with the earth. Yeah. But the talk for quite some time now is that that resonance or that, that hertz level has been fluctuating and spiking at some points beyond 30 hertz. Now, I, I, I may be going out on a limb here, but somehow I'm finding there's a correlation 
with the Earth's heartbeat, the fact that there's there's, uh, there's perhaps an, it's allowing for an opening, it is perhaps raising our own beat to enable us to hear the things that have been going on for much longer than we know. I'm wondering if there's any way we can correlate that. Then I'm going to bring it all the way back to the crop circles because I don't think that anything is happening in isolation. There are clues if we connect the dots. So I wanted to get your thoughts, both of you, on on that idea. Well, I will defer to Barbara, but just one thing to keep in mind. For about 20 years, paper by paper and little bits of interview, we may be in the century where the magnetic poles are going to flip. That's right. And that one of the questions, it's a question mark, could any variations in the Schumann resonance be related to something that is going on at the core of the Earth, interacting with the magma that comes up to the surface, Mm -hmm. and that maybe we're going to finally have another pole shift which right. we have not had a for 876,000 years. Wow. It's been a long time. Yeah, we're so, overdue. So that's one say. science, yeah. hard science possibility. But the yeah. crop formation. Let's bring that oh, in. Well, the, let's let's yeah. experiment a little bit. How might that be involved on some even cursory level? Well, what I can think of is that with many of the crop circles, the ones we consider genuine, in other words, not man-made, even though there are some man-made, but the genuine ones still, uh, as of a few months ago when I was there again in England, uh, they still have that extra energy in them, which can be measured in a number of ways. So maybe, this is a theory, Mm. uh, maybe we are, you know, different spots in the earth where the crop circles happen in most of the countries, maybe all of the countries, uh, that maybe there's an extra addition of energy from out there, from the other beings whom I think are involved in making these crop circles. Uh, So maybe there's, I have thought for many years that the extra energies placed in the crop circles significance beyond what we realize and we can just guess mm-hmm. at what that is so um, in many cases the crop circles happen near ancient sacred sites so that was one of the theories that seemed to be very interesting that that perhaps the addition of energy into the land near the sacred sites was to help to refurbish and raise, re-stimulate the energies that used We're to be there. We're talking about the electromagnetic energy uh, yes. intensity within some of these formations. Sure, right? okay. yeah. So that's that's one idea. Um, maybe it has a different purpose, but I personally think and feel and measure and see with my dowsing rods and yes. pendulums and all that, including 2016, um, that I personally think that this energy is very significant, whatever it is, and it is coming from somewhere else. I know there are theories that it's coming from underground. Now that's a possibility too. I think it's coming from above. Uh, But anyway, nevertheless, there, there are these places all over the earth, which we call crop circles, where there is an extra 
measurable, definable, feelable energy. Mm -hmm. And I think that is significant. It is. You know, whatever it means, this is happening. And it's been happening for a few decades now. Will and, there be a and revolution? And maybe centuries. Oh, I would, yeah. I would surmise. I mean, based on your wonderful program, Ancient Aliens, it's been covered extensively, including some of your commentary on, uh, you know, during, um, I, I can't remember the time period, but flyovers, looking at these formations would reveal that you could only see the formation from that vantage point of overhead. Right. Yeah, that's the best way Before to see Before there were... Yeah. Flying machines, you know. So we're yeah, this yeah. And there have been yeah. two very interesting discussions. One, a government guy, and uh, well, I guess both, really. One was the CIA in 1990 to 1992, sort of the beginning when they were first on uh, 60 Minutes, mm -hmm. 2020. People forget that. The BBC and everyone was covering uh, crop formations mm -hmm. uh, between 90 and 92. Mm -hmm. And that this man was referencing the CIA and said that they had a bank of Cray computers and that they were trying to, with satellite, get a photograph of every crop formation on the planet, no matter where it was, mm -hmm. to feed into the Cray computers because they were looking for a mathematical language that might relate, and this is the part that was interesting, our working hypothesis is that these are being used by time travelers to mark the accuracy of where they are coming in or out of time stream. And then later on came a, a sort of maybe related but it was that it, we're dealing with technologies and minds and te uh, a complexity that is interacting with the universe in a way that we are not, and that there is this thing called self-activating technology. Mm. And that the crop formations on the surface skin of the Earth might be actually providing software, the geometric pattern in the relationship to where they are in latitudes and longitudes, which would be a magnetic field grid, were in fact providing a software for something that's incomprehensible to us. But to, mm -hmm. for whom? For whose well, that's, usage? That's the $68 that's the million dollar it question. It is a mystery. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's, yeah. let's keep the... Something's telling me that there is some correlation and we can only speculate between these booms, these sustained booms that are becoming more ubiquitous in these crop circles. I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. But let me ask you in terms of the territory in which these sounds have been heard, have any of them occurred in the vicinity of crop circles that were there or crop circles that ended up becoming? <laughs> I know what you're asking and I think the answer is that there is no regular link because when I'm thinking back in my own mind about uh, just recent there were UK booms that were being investigated by uh, very various uh, police and law enforcement and uh, uh, airports just this past summer and the summer mm -hmm. before and it is the miles we're talking about uh, people hearing a sound that they may be 300 miles 
500 miles apart. Wow. Mm. And England wow. is not that big. Right. Right. So whatever it is that would be creating something that would be heard by that many people, uh-huh. it doesn't yeah. seem to me that it would be relating to, to crop forming. Right. I wouldn't That's think so. Yeah, I but just thought I'd put that out there because we, we don't, don't really know. I, just, I think that somehow everything has an interconnection point to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. They're certainly well, anomalous. <laughs> that, it's yeah. all, I love your phrase, high strangeness, and all of this is high oh, strangeness, yes. but it, it's also it the new cliche, so the new normal. Another thought, and I'm kind of bouncing around a little bit, but I think these are all obviously relevant because we've all become investigators, some measure of uh, investigation, because there's a lot to investigate these days. Let's talk about the Denver airport. There's a boom. I just heard a boom. Yeah, I did, too. <laughs> that did you hear that? I wonder if, I hope it's thunder. There it is oh, again. Oh, my goodness. Like storm. Cannon shots. Perfect timing. I had it arranged. <laughs> I, mean, let's, I wonder let's, what it is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Nothing would surprise Heard. me. But that's not, thunder doesn't do that. No. no. Okay, it what is like this? it's in the building. Are you picking, is, is our cameraman hello. picking this up? There There's it is again. Four. Wow. Just as we're talking about this. I know. Well. Interesting synchronicity. Yeah, there's more of those happening too. This yeah. And it has the, one of the things you'll see, Isn't if you went back and read newspapers or watched TV, when they interview people, they will say, it is like a cannon went off, that's what it except it like. has that's what that an like. echo, uh, and that's what I'm, this that's had a trail heard. off. I know. We will have yes. some footage of this. Folks, you, you heard it, literally heard it here first. What is out there? <laughs> we, we, when you go that direction. There, there, it, is there again. it is again. We'll find out. Let's carry on. We've got it on tape. <laughs> Let's talk about the Denver airport. I was just bringing this up to someone the other day. You want to talk about anomalous. There, there's been so much speculation about what might be the real uh, the, what the real impetus for building that exorbitant uh, airport. And many of us are familiar with some of with the anomalies going on. Oh, with yeah. a huge underground yeah. space. And again, theories as to what that space was built for. But... Let's go back to the sonic booms. We'll put the crop circles on hold for a moment, but see if we can connect a dot there. To me, this would lend maybe a little bit of credence to the fact that there is some activity, not activity that is anticipated, but activity that is going on now, perhaps related to this galactic war. What are your thoughts on that? Well, there is something called Continuity of Government, National Programming Office. All Americans should know about it, but most people don't. Uh, It goes back maybe to the 70s, maybe as uh, far back as the end of the 60s. But there was a whistleblower, actually it was two, and they went to CNN and they said that they had been on the construction crew on the building of a huge underground installation and in the process of working on one of them they learned that there were eight more all simultaneously being built. Mm. It was a complex of nine underground installations to provide continuity of government under the National Programming Office in the event and that originally there was an executive order or something of that kind that was signed and said in the event of a nuclear attack. It had been specific to nuclear attack and that apparently is where the money and the authority came. 
when CNN had the two whistleblowers, and I believe it was 1988, they backlighted them. So you, that they are the ones that are narrating the CNN special. And they said that their understanding was that the money that was going in to these nine locations, and they gave numbers that were astounding at the time, and that they were coming forward because the intimidation that they had been working under, that they were never to tell anybody and that they had been forced to sign non, uh, I think, non-disclosure agreements. So they were people who were saying, we think this is wrong and this is what is going on in our country and CNN put it on the air. And I watched it in LA with like six or seven people at a conference uh, about UFOs back in 1988. So now, if the continuity of government, National Programming Office, was building nine, he said it was huge, I just can't give you the figures, each one, in 19, by 1988, mm -hmm. who knows what they have been building since. Right. See, the, this is independent of all of us. These are two backlighted right. people that CNN had on right. to it's talk nearly about. 30 years ago. Them. I don't know that that would happen today in terms of the reporting, the, the coverage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was, that's a little interesting. Well, But yeah. it, it adds this layer yeah. that everybody should absorb that our government, whether it is black funds or not, this government does a whole lot of very expensive things oh, that yes. the American public oh, no does not know anything about at the time. There's a big delay, 30 years oh, often. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and then it ekes out. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. in 2017, what is the state of our back-engineered extraterrestrial technology right. in secret Earth wars, both underground and out in space, and I ask that uh, seriously, not really rhetorically, in the context of what David Wilcox, Corey Good, and others are now reporting about Earth secret wars in relationship to allies that are trying to help Earth survive something that wants us to stay dumb, blind, and under their thumb. That's right. the depiction. And from the extensive regression therapy work that I've done, mm. um, it's apparent to me that there are many species out there in space, extraterrestrials, who are very caring about humanity and the whole of planet Earth. So they, I think, have been kind of stepping up Yes. What they do, this is just my opinion from these experiences, uh, that the allies, the, the very favorable, benevolent extraterrestrials, are doing many, many things to try to work through humans to really help the whole world situation and probably to offset a lot of those negative programs going on from some of the beings and from certain groups of human beings. Well, In other words, you're trying to 
uh, in many ways help us from ourselves help the good humans who don't have anything to do with that and don't right. even think about it or want to and then the humans that are really doing some nefarious things do you think that this could be very destructive yeah. to the whole of humanity. And what about hostile? Do you have many cases where people have dealt with something hostile? No, I do have cases where people are being acted upon by uh, extraterrestrial beings who seem to be more cold-hearted, they seem to be more self-serving, mm. um, a lot of them are uh, very focused in a scientific way, in other words they want to examine humans, see what we're made of, how our bodies work, how our emotional systems work, but I don't think, this is my opinion, very educated opinion I believe, um, I don't think that they are here to cause problems. I don't think they have a hostile intent. They have a research intent. A research. A research intent. A scientific research sense okay. in understanding us. Uh, but I don't consider it a hostile intent, although it can be certain certainly taken by experiencers of those sort of experimental programs that go on from extraterrestrials, they can take it as a hostile intent. It would be like one of us uh, going to a scientist who would probe us in various ways, test us uh, to see what we think and what our cognitive abilities are, even some of our physical processes, and we might think, oh, how horrible, this is a really bad experience, and yet it's done for scientific research. You know, it doesn't have an evil intent. So I think that it's very easy to misguess about some of these procedures that happen. And why they're the extraterrestrials. Could it be all of the above, though? I mean, this has been an age-old point of debate in terms of the motivation for whatever extent of activity is going on between them and us. And by is it anybody, person to person even. Right, you know, right. On that level. But is it malevolent? Yeah. Is it benevolent? Or, or, but are we talking about just one group? I don't think so. No, no, We're talking no. about a multitude of groups with yeah. a multitude of motivations. Yes, this I think gets we, more confusing by the day. It does get confusing <laughs> because I think that there are many, many different groups, different species mm -hmm. of extraterrestrials who come and do various things with people and take them away for a number of different purposes. So of all these different groups, there may be, it seems like from my practice that I know of at least 60 different kinds of beings that people are describing in their regressions who come to them probably more than 60 that yeah. I would recognize. And each one of them, each one of these groups has their own agenda, has their, own agenda. their own reason for coming here. Yeah, and the, yeah. Current, the current number at this Conscious Life Expo in 2017 is 900 different non-human species our government is tracking and interacting with in trade 
and that fits in to the remote viewing that Lynn Buchanan uh, did with yes. Pat Price and uh -huh. John, Joe McMonagle, mm -hmm. that the quote-unquote, the universe is teeming with life, yes. millions and millions, and that the number of potential Earth-supporting planets is now in the trillions. trillions. Yeah. And if yeah. there are trillions of potential yeah. Earth, I mean, if you take 1% of trillions right. and, and you have all of these planets, and that what if they, well, and David and uh, some of the others, they say that their information is, yeah, that there's humanoid life everywhere. Mm -hmm. But everyone, including Lynn Buchanan, David, Corey, every, all, that group, that there are hostiles that for reasons that are not clear want us annihilated but that there are a lot of allies which is mm -hmm. what you're saying uh -huh. and that it's the ally strength that keeps us safe yeah. and then keeps the question mark is is there something is there a worry about something that is bigger stronger mm -hmm. and that this would be an apocalyptic moment or uh, you're talking about, they're talking about this ascension right. idea so opposite, related opposite. to the sun, yeah. related to something between the sun and the solar system. Can you explain that? I think it's a matter of frequencies. In other words, different dimensions. Right. That's what the whole ascension process is talking about, helping humanity to rise up from just being totally third dimensional beings to being fifth dimensional beings and beyond or above yeah. you know higher dimensions so they're really trying to raise our frequencies our consciousness and so mm -hmm. it's not as if the the world is going to be blasted apart or everybody lifted up and as in the rapture sort of mm. scenario but it, it's the individuals rising in consciousness right and as they do that rising in frequencies so the hope of some of these beings and the hybrids the ET human hybrids whom I've come to know well uh, the the motivation is to help raise the consciousness of humanity as they can here and there through teaching and workshops and helping to heal people and, and just by being present people. I think just yeah. the energy yes. overflow that's well, right. I, I want to interject yeah. this too. I don't. I think we're running a little bit short on time, so I want to bring it back to the Schumann resonance. When we talk about the, you know, the, the words that we tend to use quite loosely, ascension and evolution and frequency raising. Well, what is it? What does that mean? How can we distill that in somewhat even quasi-scientific terms? And I tend to look at the spectrum of um, like a radio band. You know, you've got 88.9 at one end, you've got 107.9 at the other end, and looking at it linearly, obviously, the, the lower end is the lower frequency, and when you get all the way to 107.9, you're up at the higher frequency, but, mm -hmm. and that's about sound, but so is the Schumann resonance, and that's also about frequency. Yes. Remember, if, our, if the Earth is raising its frequency, this is a bit of a syllogism, I guess you could say, if A equals B and B equals C, A equals C, we're designed to resonate with the beat of the earth. If the earth's frequency is raising, then we're being called to raise our frequency as well. And to we, match that of the, what, does that make sense to you? It does, and we may or we may not. And we In may or words, may not. Some humans 
probably are raising their frequencies. Some humans probably, in my guess, are not. I tend to agree. <laughs> and, what do you, you know, think, We can Linda? see the good, the bad, the... Entropy yeah. reigns in this universe. Yeah. Right. What are your yeah. thoughts on that? There, a lot of people have different opinions. I mean, do you feel that it's an all or nothing, or is it more of an individual journey? Well, here at Conscious Life, I'm going to be doing um, a program, first time, on are we living in a simulated universe? Mm -hmm. And what I find so interesting is that in getting into this question, where it's, you think it's strict math and physics, and realizing that where it's pushing a lot of thinking is, as um, physicist Thomas Campbell says, mm -hmm. that this would be an entropy reduction trainer universe. Wow. And that the bottom line in that is if you reduce entropy, you are increasing the positive. Because uh -huh. entropy is everything going down to death. So an anti-entropy trainer to souls, for example, would be a universe that would be maybe rough. Because for the souls to be able to evolve up, they have got to go through a lot of rough things Absolutely. to make decisions. And then that's where reincarnation would come in, that it wasn't a philosophical concept, that it would be a part of the physics of the universe, where the recycling of souls is the way that the souls would learn in school, but body containers can only take so much stress. And so if the body containers have to go into cycles of birth and death, the soul would be that which just stays permanent going forward, yes. going in and out of containers. Mm -hmm. And that the resonance between the soul and a container, that may be part of it. That you would come back only into a body sort of where you left off that would go the next step of this journey. And I think that somewhere in here, in this mix of the mystery of what we are in relationship to this vast universe is what I'm most interested in. Whether there are ETs in it, of what kind, allies or not, it's this relationship what is the big machinery of the song? cosmos from the divine to the matter world? Well, I'm so glad you're bringing that up because it seems to me from my work that, okay, we each are an ongoing, continuing soul. That never gets destroyed, no matter what happens to the body. And in that journey of the soul, very often we come in to the earth plane 3D reality and live lives as human beings and then die and go back into the soul level mm -hmm. and sometimes according to what I have been learning in regression work sometimes the soul incarnates into the body of another kind of being what we call extraterrestrial mm -hmm. beings so many of us, I am beginning to realize, have had incarnations in our soul journeys, incarnations as 
members of an extraterrestrial species. Yes. And some of us have had lifetimes as a number of different kinds of extraterrestrial beings from lifetime to lifetime, and then human. Here we're all human right now. Right now. Although right. some people are a mixture, I think. Um, and that's all part of it. So that means, really, in my opinion, that we humans are actually related from previous lifetimes. Yeah. We're actually related on that soul level to various types of extraterrestrial beings. To me, that is thrilling. That's a very enlightening idea. And it also invites me to think that the more that we learn about them, the more that we are open to them, the more total that is, the more that we are having a sense of feeling one with them, one with the cosmos, one with all the life forms. And for goodness sake, we at least need to start on this very low level of feeling one with each other, one with humans, all kinds of humans. I mean, the challenge mm -hmm. is there, it's vast, it's here and now, and it's and greater than forever ever. and out there. And you know yeah. what a byproduct of that is? It's a Beautiful. liberation from intimidation by governments and religions. Yes. It's beginning yes. to happen. Yeah. Where the human mind and soul is beginning to think for itself and be independent. Yes. And it isn't more. going to be as easy, I don't think, to uh, run ripshaw over Homo sapiens. <laughs> yes, I, I, I do hope so. I love yeah. the balance that you all are witnessing here. These two extraordinary researchers, experiencers, I might add. And when I, I'm using that broadly. <laughs> We have Linda Moulton Howe, who is the consummate investigative, hard investigative journalist. We have Barbara Fantastic. Lamb, who is equally erudite in her area. You complement each other. You bring, yeah. It's, yeah. There's we're kind of a yin and we're yang very different here. And we're very similar. Yeah, and very similar. Very yeah. I love first it. First time we met in a crop formation, I yes. think. Yes, we met. Yeah, How much have, time do we have? We I want them to talk about like that. Tell us about that experience. <laughs> Barbara shared yeah. that experience, a little bit of that yeah, uh, let her experience go. with oh, me yes. over the phone. But no, yeah. I, I want to hear from you, Linda, first. Yeah. Tell, tell us about what that was like, and let's see. Well, I'm not sure I remember exactly <laughs> which one the gnomes? Oh, that oh, crop oh, circle? Oh, yeah. Charlbury. Oh yes. Oh that was unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> yes, right. We got yeah. there at the end of the day. Yeah. And we were going into twilight. Yes. And none of us had ever seen those little like like they had been woven by an artist. Yeah, like yeah, standing about, you know, three or three feet and tall. Covering two, two three and a half three feet. feet tall. A whole yeah. circle of them of laid down wheat. And these sculptural forms yeah. that reminded us of little gnomes, gnomes or right. trolls were standing all over. I mean, this was done with wheat from the mysterious source. It really was. And you were inside of the we, yeah, we were there that night, and when we got Just there, the, I remember now the sky very clearly how beautiful it was yes. because it went from these orchids into dark. Now we're dark. And people had lights, some people had flashlights, mm -hmm. 
but we didn't have any iPhones, right. so there was no. just you either had a flash type of camera or not. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that some of the most interesting photos were from that crop formation yes. because when people started taking photos, we had some of the orbs, we had you all did. of these different wow. things that we weren't seeing. And there was something about that day that we had had difficulty finding. Oh, yes. This was it. Yeah. We had to, you either just gave up, which was always is the easier route, just yeah. to give up. But we, but we don't. We when Barbara Lamb is and there, that's why we, we didn't find get it. there till twilight, and it was so hard to find that crop formation. Which made it more exciting, though, yeah. right? Because yeah. And <laughs> oh yes. We yes. had to, we had gone through another uh, place where the farmer came and chased us out, yeah. and yeah. Uh, the whole day had been this struggle, and yeah. we wanted to get to this formation, <laughs> and, and we did. Do and you have images that are still that you still have? I have. Oh, I do. I do. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you'll share one or two oh, with gosh, us. So I would love them. to. Yeah. yeah, you were so excited to tell. We could talk about the trip that we took together. But how, when was this? What year? Do you remember? Ninety-two, oh. three, four, yeah. somewhere in there. Twenty-one, twenty-two. Take a little years. bit later, maybe, maybe was a bit it? later in the night. It was yeah. when Art Bell was doing Coast to Coast because. After one I was of those crop circles that out I took you to. In the red telephone yeah, booth. Yeah. Well, red let's see, telephone see, I started doing Dreamland with him uh -huh. in uh, 19, it was 91 or 92. Then, coast to coast, it didn't exist in the world till 95. Oh. Oh. So it could have been Dreamland or coast. Or, I think it was coast and, to coast. But back sure. then, and why yeah. I'm thinking it was uh, Dreamland. Red yeah. phone booth. That we, yeah. if, if people understood, <laughs> I had this uh, tape recorder, and I would run, no matter where I was, didn't matter what I was doing, and art didn't care. I literally am taking a phone booth, because then the, we had phone booths, and that's why I think it was earlier. <laughs> right. And I would just manually come to an end point. That's all. And I knew that there was a segment, and I knew... Uh, when it would go out, but no fancy equipment, just yeah. start and stop. And not only was it that crude, but I had no attachments going into the phone. I would take the mouthpiece and hold it down it's over awesome. the speaker. Mm. And I did that for three or four years and had more fun because I didn't really have to worry about the equipment. I just was doing interviews and then putting the phone down. Isn't that great? <laughs> Those are the good old days. That's why I think it was yeah. the transition to Coast. Mm -hmm. Art called me and he said, you know, Linda, I think we need to get you some new equipment. <laughs> <laughs> this country English phone booth. We started doing coast, and yeah. then the engineers started sending me that we need to do this, and then we had to hire, have an engineer, and, <laughs> and and it just kept. So it was those rough but fun tumble. Oh yeah, ninety one to yeah. to ninety five. Yes, and and I was in those red telephone booths in mm -hmm. Alton Barnes, and, and yeah. I was in there, yeah, there with Robert right Irving. There. Yeah. I remember oh, yeah. Robert Irving, I everybody do. was scared of him. The coacher. And, and oh, I, yeah. he came into, uh, it was, uh, was it? The, the Barge Inn. The Barge Inn. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. Oh, and he was, 
Okay. <laughs> As we're winding down, we're going to oh, have some now. Go ahead, go ahead. But it was <laughs> just like a Western. I love it. I love it. Everybody had been drinking. It was late, like really late at night uh, after a day in the proclamation. And there was this table with maybe about 12 people. And uh, I was sitting at this end, and this was a group of us that had been out in crop formations all day. And all of a sudden, all of this conviviality and everything just, when birds become quiet, right? <laughs> and everybody yeah. turns around. And here is Robert Irving. He wore a black coat that went all the way to the floor. He I had black that. hair. He had on a black, he was Mr. Man in Black. Black. Mr. Man in black. black. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Th literally, the place went silent, and he walks just like a Western. <laughs> and he comes. The bad and, dude. And he puts his finger on my shoulder. Oh, dear. And he says, I want to talk with you oh about Churhill. Oh, oh. That was the, oh. That was that Churhill pattern. That like this in with 1992. The, That's when that was. 1992. Oh, with the uh, uh, swirls and the and the beautiful triangles. It was 390 or 410 was feet. Gorgeous. And the field was slim. Yeah. And when we went there, uh, there were four of us. The farmer let in that day, and Irving wasn't there then. <laughs> but here was the trick: from a horizontal out on the road. Looking at that pattern, you would never have known that it was on the slanted hill that it was. Yeah. Because whatever made it did all of these offsets to make the pattern perfect from very with a very irregular ground. And perfect. that is the pattern that Robert Irving that night he said, I want you to know I think the Churhill was not human made. That's Great. what Robert Irving Nearly said. irrefutable. It time. certainly yeah. wasn't, in my opinion, was not man-made. It was genuine. Yeah. How's that for a bit of nostalgia for our Higher Journeys audience? <laughs> yeah. Those were really great days. <laughs> I have a feeling that we can, we'll probably continue this discussion. Such for the fun. time being, I want, this has been lovely. Absolutely lovely. And I knew that it would be nothing less than that. Two of the greatest yeah. here. Great. Oh, my love dearly. Tell us, we're here obviously at the Conscious Live Expo. I think you could probably surmise that by now. Tell us, I know you're going to be speaking shortly, yeah. right? What yeah. are we speaking on? Our, this is, are we living in a simulated universe? I know it's going to be it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, feels, it feels like this is like the first bead and it's going to just keep going and going. Absolutely. In other words, this is a subject that's not going to go away. No. It's going to continue to be refined. Scientists are already doing papers that are presenting, uh, if we can do this test, will this give us this answer? Mm. It's now, it's mainstream. It's becoming mainstream, yeah. no doubt. Yeah, it Absolutely. is. And a fascinating concept. Oh, no. I mean, mind-boggling. Absolutely. Yeah. Barbara, I know, as always, you've got both of you are just the jugglers, and you do it so beautifully. I know that you and I were recently bookmates in Miguel Mendonca's book, We Are the Disclosure. I believe I'm on yes, the front right? chapter, and you're toward the back of the, the back chapter because of alphabetical order. But right. beside book, writing books, this is... Uh, second project with Miguel, you co-wrote uh, Meet, the Hybrids. Meet the Hybrids, which we talked about last year. What else yes. is going on? You're also speaking? Yes, I gave a workshop yesterday okay. here 
on Meet the Hybrids, or Fantastic. another way to say it is extraterrestrial slash human hybrids uh-huh. living here on Earth. And uh, these and I know are the, the, audience love the most wonderful people, these hybrid people. They look like regular are there people. Any here, they were born here. I met one this morning, a woman from Japan, and as soon as we started talking about this, she said, Oh, I'm a hybrid. And I said, Wonderful. How do you, why do you think that? And she listed off all these characteristics, and I said, Well, that sounds like the hybrids I know. I love it. So it's very possible. Love it. And she's here with a mission to upgrade humanity and raise our understanding about things and spirituality. And it could very well be. It's a beautiful Occasionally thing. I meet people who say, You know, I wonder if I'm a hybrid because, and then, you know, if they mention all these right. uh, wonderful characteristics well, right. they have. There's Could a be. hard edge to this, like there is in so many things, and that are all the ancestry, DNA. The government behind the scene wants to find hybrids. I know. I'm sure. That's why yeah. our, my hybrids, the, that is, those whom I know closely, uh, they do not want to be genetically tested because they know that that testing is going to be sent to a certain department of the government and that then they might be apprehended and tested and dissected oh, yeah. and things like that. Some might be in Trump's ban. Oh, no. Well, okay, so that will definitely necessitate a part two. I know we're going to run out of tape soon, so we're going to have to continue yeah. this discussion. What can I say? Linda Moulton Howe, Barbara Lamb, I just think so much of you, and so does our audience. Thank you so much for sharing this somewhat impromptu so conversation. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. fun. Thank yeah. you, ladies. That's the best. We'll continue. <laughs> yes. And thank great. everyone for tuning in to Higher Journeys TV today. We'll talk yes. to you soon. Take care. As was clearly illustrated in our discussion, there are multiple entry points and angles to what may be the biggest story on planet Earth. Whether underground, in the sky, or on a wheat field in England, our interaction with perhaps a multitude of non-human species runs deep into our human history. But as Linda asked, just what is the big machinery of the cosmos from the divine to the matter world? Based on all that's happening right now, it does seem that we're getting more and more pieces to the puzzle of this mysterious and complex universe. I certainly hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as I did. I know I'll be pondering the points brought out during this talk for many years to come. Thanks, as always, for tuning in to Higher Journeys. Until next time, I'm your host, Alexis Brooks.